Welcome to Storytime with Kurt. In each episode, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and just chill out while I read Tom Swift and His Motorcycle by Victor Appleton. Previously in Chapter 5 of Tom Swift and His Motorcycle, basically, they brought in the Mr. Damon and, and dealt with his crash and his injuries, and some shady characters showed up at the Swift house to try to procure the turbine engine that Mr. Swift is working on. The problem with that is that was supposed to be a secret. They shouldn't know about it. And so they're basically claiming that Mr. Swift has infringed on their patent. Well, Mr. Swift is going to have none of that. So as people are wont to do, lawyers are going to get involved. Even though Mr. Swift doesn't like litigation, he has to get his lawyers involved to protect things. And now we move on. Welcome to Chapter 6 of Tom Swift and His Motorcycle, an interview in the dark. While Mr. Swift was writing the message he wished his son to take to the village, the young mechanic inspected the motorcycle he'd purchased. Tom found that a few repairs would suffice to put it in good shape, though an entire new front wheel would be needed. The motor had not been damaged, as he ascertained by a test. Tom rode into town on his bicycle, and as he hurried along, he noticed in the west a bank of ugly-looking clouds that indicated a shower. I'm in for a wedding before I get back, he mused, and he increased his speed, reaching the tele- telegraph office shortly before 7 o'clock. I'm in for a wedding before I get back. W-E-T-T-I-N-G. Boy, another just like old vernacular, right? It's like nobody's going to say... Well, it's raining outside. I'm in for a wetting. No, gonna get wet. Sure. Think this storm will hold off until I get home, asked Tom. I'm afraid not, answered the agent. You better get a hustle on. Tom sprinted off. It was getting dark rapidly, and when he was about a mile from home, he felt several warm drops on his face. Here it comes, exclaimed the youth. Now for a little more speed. Tom pressed harder on the pedals. Too hard, in fact. For an instant later, something snapped, and the next he knew... He was flying over the handlebars of the bicycle. At the same time, there was a metallic clinking sound. Chains busted, exclaimed the lad as he picked himself up out of the dust. Well, wouldn't that jar you? And he walked back to where in the dusk he could dimly discern his wheel. The chain had come off the two sprockets and was lying to one side. Tom picked it up and ascertained by close observation that the screw and nut holding the two joining links together was lost. Nice pickle, he murmured. How am I going to find it in all this dust and darkness? He asked himself disgustedly. I'll carry an extra screw next time. No, I won't either. I'll ride my motorcycle next time. Well, I may as well give it a look round. I hate to walk if I can fix it and ride. Tom had not spent more than two minutes looking about the dusty road with the aid of matches for the screw when the rain suddenly began falling in a hard shower. Guess there's no use lingering here any longer, he remarked. I'll push the wheel and run for home. He started down the road in the storm and darkness. The highway soon became a long puddle of mud. Now remember, they have all dirt roads here. Uh, I've never, I've not heard anything about any pavement at all. This is 1910 we're talking about. The highway soon became a long puddle of mud through which he splashed, finding it more and more difficult every minute to push the bicycle in the thick, sticky clay. Above the roar of the wind and the swishing of the rain, he heard another sound. It was a steady puff, puff, and then the darkness was cut by a glare of light. An automobile, said Tom aloud. Guess I'd better get out of the way. He turned to one side, but the auto, instead of passing him when it got to the place where he was, 
made a sudden stop. Want a ride? Asked the chauffeur, peering out from the side curtains, which somewhat protected him from the storm. Curtains instead of windows. Interesting. Tom saw that the car was a large touring one. Can I give you a lift? Went on the driver. Well, I've got my bicycle with me, explained the young inventor. My chain's broken, and I've got a mile to go. Jump up and back, invited the man. Leave your wheel here. It'll be safe. Uh, I couldn't do that, said Tom. I don't mind walking. I'm wet through now, and I can't get much wetter. I'm much obliged, though. Well, I'm sorry, but I can hardly take you and the bicycle, too, continued the chauffeur. Certainly not, added a voice from the tonneau of the car. But we can't have a muddy bicycle in here. Who is that person, Simpson? It's a young man, asked the driver. Is he acquainted around here? Went on the voice from the rear of the car. Ask him if he's acquainted around here, Simpson. Tom was wondering where he'd heard that voice before. He had a vague notion that it was familiar. Are you acquainted around here? Obediently asked the man at the wheel. I live here, replied Tom. Ask him if he knows anyone named Swift, continued the voice from the tonneau. And the driver started to repeat it. I heard him, interrupted Tom. Yes, I know him, Mr. Swift. But Tom, with a sudden resolve, and one he could hardly explain, decided that for the present he would not betray his own identity. Ask him if Mr. Swift is an inventor. Once more the unseen person spoke in the voice Tom was trying vainly to recall. Yes, he's, he's an inventor, was the youth's answer. Do you know much about him? What are his habits? Does he live near his workshops? Does he keep many servants? Does he... The unseen questioner suddenly parted the side curtains and peered out at Tom, who stood in the muddy road close to the automobile. At that moment, there came a bright flash of lightning, illuminating not only Tom's face, but that of his questioner as well. And at the sight, Tom started, no less than the man did, for Tom had recognized him as one of the three mysterious persons in the restaurant. And as for the man, he had also recognized Tom. Uh, <clears throat> why, why, it's, it's you, isn't it? cried the questioner, and he thrust his head out further from the curtains. My, what a storm, he exclaimed as the rain increased. So you know Mr. Swift, eh? I saw you today in Mansburg, I think. I have a good memory for faces. Do you work for Mr. Swift, or if you do, may, may be able to... I'm Tom Swift, son of Mr. Barton Swift, said Tom as quietly as he could. Tom Swift, his son, cried the man, and he seemed much agitated. Why, I thought that is more said... Simpson, Simpson, hurry back to Mansburg. And with that, taking no more notice of Tom... The man in the auto hastily drew the curtains together. The chauffeur threw in the gears and swung the ponderous machine to one side. The road was wide, and he made the turn skillfully. A moment later, the car was speeding back the way it had come, leaving Tom standing on the highway, alone in the mud and darkness, with the rain pouring down in torrents. And we come to the end of Chapter 6. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Storytime with Kurt. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash storytimewithkurt. If you want to stay up to date with all recordings moving forward, you can catch the live recording each Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday evening over at twitch.tv slash kurtstable. That's K-U-R-T-S-T-A-B-L-E. Or follow me on Twitter at V-O by Kurt. If you have suggestions for future books, you can go ahead and send me an email at kurt at storytimewithkurt.com. See you next time. Thank you.